Hmm? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome to Continuing the Conversation. Kevin, Hello. What, what's Continuing the Conversation? Continuing the conversation is going deeper in what we talked about on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and kind of expanding the conversation and uh, going deeper. Which I think is especially important this week because we were really high level. We were moving. Yeah. Moving. Yeah. Three chapters of some of the deepest stuff that you yeah. can go. Could have like 10 continuing the conversations this week. Yeah. So, but we are only going to have one because that would be a lot of work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. You know, so I was uh, I was glad that you were able to get in here during the week, um, and because I'm sure that as you were studying, there was so much you probably wanted to say, mm-hmm. but yes. would never get to. Yeah, we would have been there for six hours. Yeah, <laughs> we would have had a Uticus on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Luckily no one was sitting no in the tree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I I had to figure out what reference you were talking uh, to about for one second. Like yeah, took, I took, that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I'm imagining that eventually Calvary Mercer will go back through Ephesians mm-hmm. in a slow burn type of way. Yeah. But um, I love going through a high level and mm-hmm. kind of seeing the thrust of, you know, Paul's just penning this in – one, you know, it seems like he just has one continuous thought at some mm-hmm. points. And so yeah. he's moving through it, you know, it seems like. And so uh, to move with him through it at that pace, uh, I think, is helpful. So, But I did want to go back through and take this, uh, this moment to <laughs> talk about the end of chapter 2, which um, as we read, you know, as you read through, it feels like it has a lot of temple language. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jewish temple language, the the idea of um, being brought near that that it's being brought near is through the blood of a sacrifice, the blood of Christ, um, um, and then kind of skipping down to the end of the or really close to the end, um, being built on the foundation. So the idea of a building. Uh, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone of that building, in whom the whole structure, again, building talk, Mm -hmm. being joined together grows, and this is so clear, into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, in Christ, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So as you were, you know, as you were doing a bunch of your studying, Mm -hmm realizing we're probably not going to be able to get into all that he's saying here. Mm-hmm. What were some things that were kind of jumping out to you? Well, I think uh, going back to verse 11 where it talks about Gentiles and and, and Jewish and that uh, relationship, which is obviously strained as I talked about, and it's bringing us back to the the roots of, of the Old Testament, the, the, temporal, the temple sacrifice concept, and bringing together the point that we all have access to it. Mm-hmm. We all are treated in the same way that there is one solution. And so I think that's like the high-level talk of we're unified, not only in Christ, but together because of Christ and because of this one sacrifice. Yeah, so is, is the idea here that it's this is something new? Like God... Mm-hmm. God's offering to the Gentile and and the, that temple language, this is a new thing that Paul's saying. 
or is this something that the Lord's always done? And and this is Paul's explanation of yeah. of that. I don't believe it's new in God's eyes. Um, I, I think, and we'll we'll go through it. Maybe uh, some things in the Old Testament. I don't think it's new in God's eyes, but it could have been new for the people at the time. Uh, mm. The Jewish leaders and even some of the early church leaders mm. had this view of their separation between Jew and Gentile. But to answer your question, I don't think at all it's a new thing in God's eyes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. I think to the Jews, maybe mm-hmm. it might seem like a new thing because I think sometimes they either came before the word and, and they didn't have a clear understanding of what it meant or they had a distortion from, you know, some things they were incorporating into it that shouldn't have been incorporated. And so mm-hmm. I think of like, um, like the intermarriages back in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that shouldn't have been there. And so the idolatry that came in. Um, and I think of even back in, I think, first or second Kings when the, the Samaritans, um, like that, that whole kind of division there like a curve mm. between the Samaritans and the Jews mm. and so they started looking as at other people and outside people as being lesser than mm. um and so I think that when 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 they see passages like this so like in the New Testament when when Jews were hearing the message of Christ in the gospel and they're seeing and they're reading passages like this where it talks about like walls being broken down um you know in God's eyes it, it's not a new thing but in their eyes it, it might seem like a new thing yeah like mm-hmm. the snowball you know, think about a snowball rolling down and mm-hmm. picking up more snow. Um, these these ordinances and laws that were to protect them from idol worship, it turned into prejudice or you know, like ethnic, like you are yeah. you are a dog or you know yeah. you are bad you are you you know you yeah. are the definition of evil. Um, but it's never been about the actual. You know the person, like the the group or, or or the the outside group of the Gentile, but that God chose a He had a chosen nation to fulfill mm-hmm. a redemptive plan that He put in place, and Abraham didn't do anything to select it, that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He didn't earn that. Uh, and I think to Kyle's point of the like intermarriage and and that we hear all the time of like no intermarriage with with the non-Jewish, but I think it's misinterpreting that law which mm. was to keep them pure before lord mm-hmm. the lord not from a racial right. aspect mm. but they were worshiping many gods pagans mm-hmm. um and so god wasn't separating from another race but a, another god mm-hmm. um and so i think that like you said that the snowball effect became this prejudice against the people group rather than the gods that they serve because mm-hmm. certainly we are to be separated from the worship of other gods and i think that's why it's good to go back to what is the original law the original access right, that god so gives us prove it prove it <laughs> all right um, so what 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 comes to mind as hey this has been on the table for much longer than this new testament passage here I, you know ad 62 paul's writing yeah. this from rome you know some somewhere around that time you know and it's not Hey, hold on a second. This is this is old news. Yeah, like I think going to the original commandments. I mean the especially the Jewish people, they saw like the 10 commandments, the the uh temple laws. Those were like their foundation. If you mm. ask any Jew at the time, it was go back to Leviticus, go back mm. to the Pentateuch and mm. um I think we should go back there too. Right. And <laughs> and I I think maybe one um Starting with numbers, maybe I can read real yeah, quickly. Yeah, go ahead. 
Um, it says this. <clears throat> uh, so Numbers 15 and verse 14 to 16. It's three verses, but I think it's good. It says, If a stranger is sojourning with you, or anyone is living permanently among you, and he wishes to offer... Uh, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he shall do as you do. For the assembly, there shall be one statute for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you, a statute forever throughout your generations. You and the sojourner shall be alike before the mm. Lord. One law and one rule shall be for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you. And I, I think the concept of living with you is they've adopted, they've submitted under the God of Israel. Mm. And um, then basically God says, look, they, I will treat them as, as you are, mm -hmm. a, as my chosen people. And I think that's such clear as day of there's one statute, one law, regardless whether you're Jewish or a sojourner, a, mm -hmm. a foreigner in the land of God. Mm -hmm. And we can see clearly God's heart mm -hmm. from the beginning was to incorporate other yeah. people into this. It wasn't just going to be for the Jewish nation forever. He was going to one day you know, when Jesus came, he was going to establish this greater, mm -hmm. this greater body, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Abrahamic covenant, right? That's mm -hmm. one of the primary pieces of that, that through you, through your family, I'll be blessing to all nations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, I was looking at, um, so that, that's like tabernacle mm -hmm. talk, yes. right, in Numbers. But even after the, like, the first temple is established and S Solomon's dedicating it, praying to the, you know, Lord, we've done this work, you know, kind of born in my, born in my father, you know, I've, you, you've mm -hmm. made us able to accomplish this. Um, we finally feel like we have a home for you that's proper. Um, and he's praying, and he says, Likewise, when a foreigner, he's talking to the Lord, when a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, comes from a far country for your name's sake, for they shall hear of your great name and your mighty hand and of your outstretched arm. When that foreigner comes and prays towards this house, here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you. Mm as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. You know, the petitioning that we want, this is supposed to be a beacon, not a not like a, I don't know, a lamp under a basket, mm. you yeah. know? Yeah, and I don't think God's like, oh, I'll be nice to them because I feel bad they, like, are a sojourner. I, I, I like that we're supposed to be a beacon. It's from the beginning, the tabernacle, the, the temple, and, and ultimately in Jesus, the goal is to reach out. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the Jewish leaders at the time and, and the early church even skewed that and, and made it even a racial thing, uh, mm -hmm. which is not in any way part of God's plan. Yeah. I mean, the word says that like, he desires that all would yeah. come to know him, yeah. you know? Yeah, so we've, you know, touch, we've touched in, into, you know, back in the very beginning to kind of start like, hey, this looks like this is, this, whatever the, the religious leaders think about Gentiles and, and therefore whatever the, the public opinion of Gentiles for the mm -hmm. Jew has, wherever it is in, you know, A.D. 60, it wasn't originally built upon that. Mm -hmm. um, how, 
so that's back then. We're not, we haven't gotten to where we're at yet in Ephesians, but how does Jesus speak into that? Like, how would Jesus kind of demonstrate in his earthly ministry? You know, if we, if we believe Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God, and he, and then, and God is, has his, had his eyes on the Gentiles forever. Mm-hmm. How does Jesus then bring that into play? I think if even before Jesus, the prophecies of Jesus in Isaiah talks about that he'll preach to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So I think it was prophesied of him. Um, and then w- one, the first story that comes to my mind is the woman at the well, who mm-hmm. was basically an outcast because of her race. Mm-hmm. And secondly, as her lifestyle. So she was a super outcast and Jesus went straight for her mm-hmm. um, and with intention. Uh, so I think there's many examples besides that, but that's a clear one that Jesus says, look, the Jewish people have restricted your your access to God, but now you can worship God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And I think also his disciples that he chose, a lot of them, yeah. like you think of Matthew, the tax collector, mm-hmm. and then you know the, the other disciples who were there, like obviously like there was going to be a lot of tension in that group if Jesus wasn't there. And I think his kind of uniting... Um, like that, he, he he came to unite people, and that and that was what um, you know his message was. It's what the gospel is, and so you see that even in the calling of his disciples, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a beautiful thing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how do we then? You know, we come to Ephesians. Um, we come to Ephesians. Paul has already, you know, earlier in his ministry before he's in jail now, writing this letter. He's already kind of gone through this process back in Acts 15, where mm-hmm. um, the you know a lot of the Jews kept reject as he traveled. The Jews would be rejecting mm-hmm. him, uh, rejecting this message, um, based on a lot of their mm-hmm. preconceived notions about who God was, uh, based on tradition, you know, and and he's like, you know, I'm wiping my hands of this. I'm going to go to the Gentiles now. And he goes, and the Spirit does what the Spirit does and breathes life, uh, you know, baptizes those Gentiles with with the Spirit. And, and there's like this, it's not just religious leaders that mm-hmm. are dealing with this like Absolutely. premonition. It, it's, it's these people that are followers of Christ back in Jerusalem, leaders of the church have to like, they're hearing these stories of Gentiles being saved by grace through faith and been given the Spirit as an inheritance. Um, and there is this counsel that, hey, is what you're doing right? Mm-hmm. And they have to they wrestle that out and end up saying, "Go, be blessed in what you're doing." It seems mm-hmm. like this is what. The, who are we to say what the Lord's going to mm-hmm. do? You know. Um, and now we come to this letter. He's in prison, writing this letter to these uh, these believers. And what? So then, what's he trying to say? Um, what's he trying to get at using this language? Um, it seems like he's saying the temple. He's using language that they would know to describe a new temple. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I mean, in verse 11, it says, remember at that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh. So he's talking to Gentiles. And I would presume that there was some 
restriction of access to God or at minimum some prejudice towards other people, other people groups, that he's saying, look, you were once stereotyped and restricted access. Why are you doing it to someone else? Why are you um, doing this? So I, I think mm. there's a lot of pointing fingers that can be done both by everyone, even in our time. But I think we're all in a sense we've had this struggle sometimes of, oh, it's their problem, not mine. But mm. I think it can be ours and it is ours. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah, I mean, just thinking that uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, but yeah. the fact that we are the Gentiles, yeah. you know, like we, yeah. we, we the, the three of us here. Yeah, the three of us yeah. here. <laughs> right, right, right. You might be listening. Yeah, you might you be might Jewish. Be, yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> and so and we're grafted yeah. into you, so it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but like, so like from my point of view, like when I read the scriptures, I, I you know, it's easy for us to want to identify with the quote unquote good guys, yeah. right? The ones that are, you know, spoken as like, uh, the protagonist, if you will, in the story. Yeah, yeah. And so when I'm reading this, you know, it's like, oh, the Gentiles are being brought in. I am already had the good standing yeah. in there. But no, 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 I'm I'm the one who, I was a Gentile. I was the one who was, who was mm-hmm. far off. I was the one mm-hmm. who couldn't enter into, I was in the farthest court from everyone else. Yeah. And, and I'm the one who's being brought near by this huge gap. And so mm-hmm. it, it should be magnifying the grace and the glory of God in my life every time I approach a passage like this, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I like that point because I think that we can take the extreme of, oh, that's not my problem, it's theirs, pointing the finger. Or we can go to the point where there's so much guilt that we're buried in it. Mm-hmm. But I think the goal, as you exactly clearly said, is we are called to magnify the grace of Christ. And to do that, it's to not restrict access. It's not to have prejudice, especially when it comes to Jesus. Like, oh, you have to do it this way in order to get to Jesus. No, there's like repent and believe but there's no like tradition that you have to do to get yeah. to jesus and i think that it's something that we have to always be wary of yeah and even from your sermon like the language here is that all this was done by christ mm-hmm. nothing of ourselves because yep. it says in verse 13 um but now in christ you who were far off have been brought near by christ mm-hmm. for he himself is our peace he's the one who's broken down the dividing wall of hostility. It's all mm. language centered yep. around him. So like the centrality of him, like you were talking about on Sunday is, you know, it's clear in this passage, but I think it's something that we should always be looking to yeah. and, and recognizing that, um, it, you know, if there is something in your life or is there, if there's a, someone that you just can't seem to, you know, come alongside of, there's just something in between like trusting in Christ. Cause he's the one who, who breaks down those barriers. It's yeah. not anything of ourselves. Yep. It's by his spirit alone. Absolutely. We we see how he's done it on a mag uh, on a macro level, mm-hmm. and then we trust he can do it at a micro level, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, this language it, it mimics a lot of that vine language, right, yeah. or or that olive tree, you know, language where mm-hmm. the grafting in the idea that um, a, a branch is cut and a branch is put there and it's mended together and then it it starts to take from the nutrients of that you know it's all it's kind of all this same language of but now there was like this there was this the 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 tabernacle the temple was designed to be an outstretched arm to all nations mm-hmm. but there was still some separation because God hadn't done the redemptive work yet. And so there was still, this is my people that I've chosen and set apart. And you can come participate in that 
at a distance, you know what I mean, to some degree. Um, but now, in Christ, there was a Gentile court in the Old Testament. Now, in Christ, the temple is made up of Gentiles yeah. and Jews together. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the temple is one location. I, how many people can you actually fit in a <laughs> temple? I know it sounds yeah. silly, but, and even uh, the woman at the well said, well, I have to go to the temple of Jerusalem and I can't even get there. She may not have had the time or money mm. or whatever. And so I agree. I think the floodgates have opened that there is no sacrifice. There is no temple that's needed there. But Christ being the cornerstone now is making up a temple of Jews, Gentiles alike, mm. people. And I think here it's, 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 um, reiterating that, that we are one temple centered on Christ, by Christ, like Kyle said, but it's the fog gates have opened. We all have access and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And us being a temple, like we are individually mm -hmm. a temple, mm -hmm. like our body, because yeah. we are the housing and dwelling place of the spirit. But then there's like a, a corporate communal temple mm -hmm. as the whole body of Christ makes up because the spirit works through all of us together, Christ being the head, and we are all members of this grand body. Hold on. You just skipped into a different oh, I'm so sorry. imagery. <laughs> sorry. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I know. It's just language we use, but yeah. it's language designed to communicate something. Right. And so, Oops. You know, uh, but that's how quickly we go to graft it in, too. You know, yeah. it just makes yeah. sense to us. But, you know, like, Christ, that, the cornerstone, that's something that, we don't even think about anymore, but it could have meant a couple different things. But when you started to build a building, you had to have a plumb level square stone to mm -hmm. start off of, you know, and then every measurement would be based off of that one thing so that it, it's, it's unif the building is built unified on that uh, one piece of material. Mm -hmm. And then, and then he says like the, the, the apostles and prophets are that built you know they're started off of that and they're they become the foundation and then the the bricks and mortar of the rest of the temple is us gentiles jews anyone that would come and trust in christ for for what purpose well what purpose does the temple have to help people draw near to christ mm -hmm. to, near to god and so then this new spiritual temple that he's he, he's ma he's making is designed, you know, Paul's saying the, the wall's been put down. Now you are actually one spiritual temple, and it's all with the purpose of more people would come mm -hmm. and come find me. Yeah. yeah. And I think of like well, second, I'm sorry, first Peter in chapter two, it says in verse nine, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So as we are called out of that darkness, we're going and calling others out of that yeah. darkness. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We could, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> so we, I think we only really touched on like three verses. but um, So hopefully, you know, if you're watching, if you're listening somewhere, this was a blessing to you. Um, there's so much more with uh, how, how Christ um, ends up being the high priest. You know mm -hmm. the, the perfect high priest, the the ultimate high priest. There's so much about he becomes he is the perfect atoning sacrifice. Um, therefore, since he's high priest, he can he he then enables us to be his royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. You know, the, since mm -hmm. he's the perfect sacrifice, we're enabled to be living sacrifices. Yeah. 
Yeah, so keep exploring that kind of stuff as you study. And, and I think one last thing, like think about this concept of this unity in Christ and, and this beautiful picture of the temple, but what does that look like in our practical lives? Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to just with laser focus on Christ to make sure that we are not hindering the gospel. Yeah. And, and I think Acts 15, we won't go into it, but the leaders, the early church leaders were hindering the gospel. And mm. so I think we need to be careful in our day, don't hinder the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so let's be unified. Let's be um, with laser focus proclaiming the ex- excellencies of Christ. I think that first Peter verse should read it again because it's just so good. Read it one more time. Yeah, it's just, my phone's right there. It's a good one to end on because I think it's just practical of yeah. like this is what we're called to do. Focus on this. And as we do this, then we're going to build up the temple of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So First Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Peter, one of the ones that was... Edging away from this whole Gentile That's talk. That's true. Mm-hmm. He got to be confronted by Paul. Yeah. yeah. And he repented. God forgave him. And, and he gave us that great commitment. Yeah. So walk. I, I think you have to walk today in the promises that the wall is abolished. Mm-hmm. You as a Gentile or you as a Jew mm-hmm. is becoming one with, a, with the Jews or one with the Gentiles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for not for your own purposes, mm-hmm. for God's purposes. So, Amen. you know, be blessed today. Uh, hopefully you can join us next Sunday when we do Ephesians 4, 5, and a little bit of 6. Are you ready, uh, Will? Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, getting ready. Will's <laughs> teaching, so yes. get pumped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to dig into what it means to walk in light of what you shared mm-hmm. as our identity. And so uh, hopefully you can join us. Um, but if not, we'll see you soon and be blessed.